This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. This is my house. This is my house. I'm taking over, okay? Steve and A and the crew. Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Touchdown! It's a Sammy Watkins Palooza touchdown! Kansas City! According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpups. Touchdown Bullpups! No flags on the play! It is 99 yards right up the seam! The big play threat from a season ago does it again! Everything happening in the sports world. Personal file. 69. Offense. He was giving them the business. And even some things not happening in the sports world. I tell you, I thought this morning I wasn't going to make it to this <laughs> afternoon. I, I haven't had many mornings like that in a long time. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing. Another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or for those of you listening online, worldwide at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most popular man in the entire city of McPherson, dressed very warm today, Mr. Steve Sell. Steve, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Are you having a good day so far? I'm, I'm, I get worried about you sometimes. It's, it's been a good day. We did our McPherson College show that airs on Wednesday night. Yeah, we did. Basketball preview. It's hard to believe the Bulldog women open this weekend. I think the men open next Tuesday. Next Tuesday. I think are they home? No, I think they will be at, at Manhattan, Manhattan Christian. Okay, but anyway, uh, so we had, you know, we interviewed the coaches, had some players on. Players did a real nice job, and and a lot of good things happening out of McPherson College right now. I'll tell you what, Steve, this is a busy, busy day. There are so many things that are starting today. Number one, the World Series it right. begins today, and I want to get your thoughts on that here in a little bit. Okay. Number two, you know, it also begins today. Dove season. Well, maybe. I don't I don't, I don't know. I don't have my I'm not a hunter, so I don't have my rifle. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. The NBA. Nation, the National the, Basketball the Association. National, the, the never ending basketball association. It begins today. Yeah, it'll end about fourth of July. New Orleans against Toronto. Would have been Zion, but he's not playing, so right. instead it's probably just gonna be Toronto winning by twenty. Zion Williamson out for six to eight weeks, they announced today. Had and then surgery. the Lakers and Clippers play the late game tonight. Ooh. Kawhi. Paul George, LeBron, Paul George, won't Anthony play. Davis. Paul George won't play either, though. He's hurt. Oh, I didn't know he was hurt. He's out, like, till November. Well, either way, still a fun night of basketball getting underway. Did you see the big news yesterday, Steve? That Sony Michelle scored three touchdowns for my fantasy football team? That wasn't the exact big news I was thinking KU of. KU and Missouri going to play That basketball. was the big news I was thinking of for you. And boy, are KU, there's a lot of KU fans that are not happy. I wanted to get your thoughts on this. So, for those of you that didn't get to hear much of the news yesterday, KU announced also at a really weird time at like 7 o'clock at night, they announced that KU and Missouri are going to resume their border war showdown in basketball. No football yet. Border showdown now. It's not They, they don't, don't call it the border war? It's the border showdown now. Either way. Politically the, correct. The border showdown that will be going on at first in Kansas City at the Sprint Center. Then they're going to alternate back and forth for a couple of years between Lawrence and Columbia. I think at some point they'll go back to the Sprint Center and then alternate again. I want to get your thoughts on them just playing this game 
and whether you're okay with it as a KU fan. I'm fine with it. I I, I don't understand. I don't understand why uh, a lot of KU fa- a lot of KU fans are saying KU. It's it's like the old argument when KU Wichita State. You know, KU wins gains nothing by winning this game. Missouri gains everything by winning this game. I don't see it that way. I don't I, think that's exactly the argument that I have heard from people. I don't think that it is KU fans worried about losing and KU fans worried about, oh, we don't gain anything from this. I think there is something to gain, but I think the thing I've seen more, Steve, is KU fans saying, I thought that we weren't doing this anymore. I thought we were done with Missouri. We have stood so strong on this for seven years, and then all of a sudden you yeah. say, yeah, let's just go yeah. ahead and play again. Yeah, Missouri abandoned the Big Big 12. And, that's and it felt like Bill Self. It felt like Shan Zanger at the time. And now Jeff Law. It felt like everybody's stance was, oh, we're, we're done with them. And, then we, a lot, and a lot of people are saying it's a money grab. And that's what it appears because to be. Because they, they know they could charge an outrageous amount for tickets. And there's so many fervent Missouri KU fans that they'll pay whatever price it is. Coming from somebody that's kind of neutral on the subject and grew up around the rivalry, I think it's great. I think it will be fun for both teams. I think especially when they get on each campus. I think the Sprint Center game will be fun and that it will be primarily Kansas fans. But I think when the Jayhawks go to Columbia... Antlers. I think the Antlers are going to be fired up. I think that is going to be a fun atmosphere. I think when they go to Lawrence, it is going to be exciting. And if anything, it breaks you away from the mundane life of KU against Long Beach State, KU against Radford. We've got the Wofford Terriers coming into town. Right. They made the tournament, though. I know that they're fine, and I would maybe take Wofford over Missouri, but there is more excitement when Missouri comes to town than there is for Wofford. Well, is that a bold statement? The University of Santa Barbara banana slugs or the gauchos or whoever they are, there's more excitement well, like having, when it's Missouri. And I can tell you, having... You know, gone to school when uh, Norm Stewart was the coach at Missouri. They had like Al Everhard and John Brown, Sunvall, you know, all those guys. John Brown, the abolitionist? No, John Brown. Oh, okay. The, the six, seven forward or whatever. It would it make sense at the yeah, time. But I can remember just the electricity in the gym. And see, this is here's the precept or the wrong conception that people get. People in this, a lot of people in this state that aren't KU people. They think K-State is their biggest rival. Trust me, K-State is not their big. Missouri is KU's biggest rival. I think the rivalry right now is pretty strong with KU and K-State. And to me, again, being sort of an outsider that I, I root for both schools and I see them from a, from a distance, I think the rivalry right now is as strong as it's been. But the thing that has made things very tough with that rivalry is traditionally KU football the last decade has been very, very bad. Right. K-State football has been pretty good. I mean, they've been an eight or nine win a, a, a team year. Yeah. So then you look at the basketball side, and up until the last couple of years, KU basketball was much, much better. K-State, very average in terms of Big well, 12. And it, now what, they're getting closer what was and closer. It at one time KU had won like 40, 47 out of 50 games against K-State or something like that. But I think it, that gap is a lot closer oh, now yeah. in basketball well, than it is Well, in basketball, been. it can be closer. Football is, you know, is a physical sport. Basketball is a skill sport. You only need a couple guys to make a big difference. You need a lot of guys in football to make a difference. Now, KU's going to host, I believe, K-State in football this year. And I, I think they do play in Lawrence. I may be, am I wrong? I don't, I don't remember. Okay, well, if they do play in Lawrence, I think KU's 
you know, at least going to keep it competitive because it's not like K-State's, you know, they're not the Oklahoma Sooners this year. So, you know, I mean, K-State will win the game. K-State will be at KU. Yeah. In fact, that's it's next week, isn't it? The 2nd of November, so next week. Okay. So, anyway, I mean, K-State's still going to win the game, but I think KU can at least make it competitive with the Mad Hatter now there. Well, back to the Kansas-Missouri thing, and I think I've said this before a few times. I don't think people that live right here in central Kansas quite know the depth of this rivalry. Would you agree with me there? Definitely. I don't think there are very many Missouri fans that roam around the streets of McPherson. No. Do you know anybody that's really a Missouri fan here? Not really. If there are, they're not very vocal. They're closet Missouri fans. You don't drive down Kansas Avenue and see Missouri flags out on the front porch and people saying, go Tigers. But I grew up on the border. I grew up around a lot of Missouri fans. And man, that is a heated rivalry. And when you go back to... The times where these two teams were very competitive, when it was the 2007 and 2008 seasons between KU and Missouri, when they were playing the football game at Arrowhead, the one in 07, of course, when KU was number two and Missouri was number four, Mm -hmm. and then the next year, they were still very competitive, and that was the Todd Reising touchdown game to Kerry Meyer in the snow, but then you go to the end of the basketball run where Kansas and Missouri were playing back and forth, both teams were at the top. I think it was Frank Haith that had really taken the Missouri Tigers to a great new level. Great guy. Yeah, that was being sarcastic. You are being sarcastic because he was a guy. He was wherever he went, trouble seemed to follow. But KU and Missouri in that 2012 season, when both of them were very good, and KU went to Columbia and lost, Missouri went to Lawrence and lost, and everybody thought they were going to play at the Sprint Center in the Big 12 tournament championship, but KU got bounced early. I think they lost to Baylor in their neon uniforms and so Missouri won the last leg of that it sort of felt like so that's why I think this will be a very fun series between these teams and let's face it they want more fun KU's not going to gain more attendance out of this but they want it to draw an interest and what I think they should do Steve follow me with this I think whenever they play these games at the Sprint Center Bruce Weber the Purples should invite Wichita State up to the Sprint Center. Can you imagine how fun of an atmosphere that would be? that would be good. You've got K-State against Wichita State, and hopefully at that time, Wichita State's a little better. Yeah. But you get those two teams to play. You get KU against Missouri. I think that would be one heck of a day. And if they're just trying to make money, I think that's how you do it. Yeah. And and when you mention Wichita State, it, it brings to me, man, how far have they? How fast have they fallen? They were picked something. I I skimmed through it yesterday. They were picked like eighth in the American yeah. Athletic Conference two, or two six. Year, two years ago, they were dominating the Missouri Valley, and now that they've changed conferences. They've, I knew that it would be tough on them. Yeah, because they could be very average and win the Missouri Valley and win a lot of and games. It wasn't that long ago they had a thirty-five and zero season. They were in the Final Four. Uh, who was they lost to Louisville in the Final Four? That's right. And you know, Peyton Silva. Yeah, they were. You know, they were unbelievable team and man they have just fallen off the planet in a matter of three years but when you have to face better programs more established programs let's face it when you are playing southern illinois and illinois drake illinois state and creighton at the time who was good yeah but and missouri state and you play some of these teams that okay yeah they could have a good year and you get a couple of good players in there but it's just the quality 
that you have to go through a gauntlet of play. It's but no Houston or UConn or right. And, and when you look at now the conference that they have to go through, you mentioned Houston, you mentioned UConn. Isn't Memphis in that? You throw in Memphis. Memphis is like pick seventh in the country this year. They have the number one recruiting class in the country. You throw in a school like SMU that can be good every now and then. South Florida, East Carolina, Memphis, Tulsa, UCF, Temple. These are all big athletic departments right. and big programs with right. big followings. It's different than playing the Southern Illinois Salukis big mon- every single big night. Big money, too. It's big money, and that's why it's harder. Yeah. And I think that Greg Marshall and the Shockers are learning learning that. But, Steve, we're talking a lot about college basketball. It's knocking on the door, too. Oh, I know. When's the Champions Classic? Is that next week? Probably the, the game so. where KU, I think they played Duke this year. I don't remember. And then it's Kentucky, Michigan State, I believe. I don't remember the order those, this those year. Those are the four teams they've been rotating every year. I was thinking, let's see. Anyway, I think it might be next week. Yeah. I, we'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get well, to KU it. KU plays Thursday. That's right. Four-day state with no Kai Kinnaman. Yeah, that's true. It's going to be very tough on the Tigers without him. Yeah. All right, Steve, let's take our first break when we come back. You want to do some World Series predictions? Let's do it. Get your feel for what's coming up this week. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, The Fieldhouse Grill and Taps, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM KBBE, Steve, Fall Classic begins tonight. That's right. I want you to rate your excitement level, 1 through 10, 1 being... I don't care at all, might not even watch. Ten being, I will be locked in for every pitch of the World Series. I'll say seven. Okay, that's pretty high. I, th- I think I th- it's got a chance to be a fascinating series. If you go to midkansasonline.com, I kind of give detail my thoughts in my column today. It's going to be all about pitching. I think you could see just some incredible, incredible pitching duels. Game one is as good as it gets. The t- probably the two best pitchers. In baseball are matched up tonight. Garrett Cole, um, Max Scherzer. Mad Max. I, th- I think they're the two best pitchers in baseball right now. Game two is nothing to sneeze at. You got Strasburg for Washington. You got Verlander for Houston. Now, Verlander has struggled his last couple starts. He got hit hard by the Yankees in their playoff series. But he'll be at home. He'll be on top of his game. Then game three, both teams still have very good pitchers. Of course, Zach Greinke. We'll be pitching for Houston, Patrick Corbin uh, for the Nationals, both teams. And really, let's face it, when it gets down to the nitty-gritty, pitching tends to dominate, especially now now the Houston games will be in a dome, but uh, the Washington games will be outside. It'll probably be pretty cool. I can't imagine that it's very warm in Washington, D.C. No, no, because I, you know, they showed a game, football game on Sunday, and, of course, it was raining, but people... Yeah, that was ugly. Yeah, it was really ugly, but, but, you know... Uh, I think it's going to be a great series. I just don't think you'll see a lot of runs. Uh, you look at the two lineups, Houston's definitely got the edge in the everyday lineup. Uh, bullpen, also big edge to Houston. So that's why I like Houston to win the series. What would make this series more interesting for you? I, you rated it a 7. What would make it more interesting? If 
if uh, Washington splits in Houston. Okay. Because then they go back home for three, and you know, if they if they if it's one one, and Washington, you got to think Washington will get one at home and and bring it back to Houston for a game six. I'm I said it goes six. That that's what I think it'll do, but I I think Washington has to win one of the two games, and my guess is the game against uh, Verlander is the better chance. Okay. Can I make my one complaint about the World Series? Okay. The thing that I absolutely hate. Okay. I can't stand the fact that these two teams have to play different rules all season long, and then this one week they have to have American League pitchers hit for the first and time. And it's been really odd. You haven't seen the big push in the last couple of years for the National League to get rid of you know the pitcher hitting. Uh, that was a big topic for a long time, and it's kind of just – Faded away, but I, I'm with you. I, I don't care which one they choose. Yeah. I don't care if we decide, okay, everybody in baseball I, is going to have a DH to be on, or the other side. To be honest, I think everybody, the DH should just be there for everybody. I'll be honest with you, Steve. I don't like watching a pitcher. I don't want to watch Justin Verlander hit in the middle of a very important game. It's one to nothing in the fifth inning, and, and Verlander has to come. A, and he gets hit by a pitch. Well, I mean, not just that. He's going to strike out. Yeah. He doesn't want to move the bat off his shoulder. Yeah. I don't want to watch Garrett Cole hit. I want to watch Garrett Cole strike guys out. So I don't care which one we elect to do. If we say we are going to put a DH for both leagues, this is 2019 or I guess future 2020 or whenever, we're in the future, no more Mariano Rivera batting. I don't want any of that. I don't care if it's that or if we say we're done with the DH, no more David Ortiz. It's just all going to be about skill, and we're going to have to manage these games. I don't care which one it is because it is a severe, severe disadvantage for the Houston Astros or whoever comes out of the American League that they're going to have to play three games in this series in a style that they do not play, right. that they are not used to playing, and you have pitchers hitting that don't ever do it. Yeah. It drives me crazy. Well, you know, I've, I've and that's why I was so nervous for the Royals in the World first, Series. My those first years. World Series was 1964, and I, I will say, I missed the charm of World Series games during the day because it was so cool to. Yeah, how funny is that? It, that's it's hilarious. You know, they did a lot. We have a lot of listeners out there probably don't even know they never played World Series games at night. They were during the day, right? During the week. And I know I remember in sixth grade when I was in uh, Mrs. Mason's class, she let us bring our transistor radios, and, and we had them in the classroom. Of course, my beloved Cardinals were playing. They were playing Detroit Tigers. But um, it was it was kind of cool, you know, baseball during the day. But, of course, I, I don't know. Maybe you can first nighttime World Series game. Well, I could probably I want to say out. early 70s. It had to be in the 70s sometime. I want to say early 70s. Because I I want to say, sixty nine seventy was about the last time. When was the last year that they all they did was just take the American League pennant winner and play them against the National? When did they add the championship 69. series? Okay, sixty eight was the last World Series where it was just the winner of the National League against the winner of the American League. They went they went to divisions in nineteen sixty nine because I remember the uh, Atlanta Braves were the first West champion. And I want to say the Mets were the first East champion. It looks like the 1971 World Series was the first night baseball game of the World Series. If I remember right, that was Pittsburgh and maybe Baltimore. I could be wrong. I want to say Pittsburgh was in the 71 World Series. Pittsburgh was in it. Yeah. And I can't remember. I want to say Baltimore for the 
for the American League. Baltimore was really good back then. It was Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Okay. Nice work, Steve. Well, gotta remember, I'm a I'm a baseball guy. I've always been a baseball guy first, and I love the World Series. You know, and uh, yeah, 71 first. But I I remember those Cardinal games. Here's my trivia question for you. Do you know who the TV broadcaster was for the 1971 World Series? I would say Kurt Gowdy. You got it, Kurt Gowdy, the Cowboy, big friend of. My old mentor, Tom Hedrick. Yeah, Kurt Gowdy. He was, Kurt Gowdy was Mr. Baseball, and that makes me think of something. I was watching a show the other night, and they rated the top college football broadcasters of all time. Okay. And there was no doubt who number one was. Brent Musburger. He was number two. Jackson. How about Wodnelid? Yeah. Keith Jackson. Keith Jackson, my Keith guy. Ja- Keith Jackson was number one. And then George's radio announcer was number three. I'd... Never heard Interesting. of it. Yeah, I found big game Brent though was number two. Really? Yeah. Musburger. I didn't. I didn't. Well, know you that. know who he, who he works for now, right? Like it was a UNLV or no, no Raiders. He calls the Raiders. Yeah. On radio. And Brent's like eighty now. Isn't He's he? an old man. Yeah. The weird thing about Keith Jackson, Steve, is I don't have a lot of memories of him mm-hmm. because I was too young. And the one game that I remember with him was his last game. Texas USC right, National Championship 2006 game. 2006 Rose Bowl. That's the only memory I have of Keith Jackson, and it was his well, last he game. Was, he was a treasure. I mean, he was just a treasure, and uh, um, they, there will never be another Keith Jackson. That's all I'll say. To the corner, touchdown. Yep. Whoa, Nelly. Yep, he was a whoa, Nelly. So, Steve, back to our original conversation, the World Series. I did digress. We have been all over the map today. Yeah. But back to the World Series, did you give an official prediction of winner and then games? Astros and six. Astros and six. Okay. I'm going to... I'm trying to decide what I want to do because I don't want to pick the same as you, although I like that I'm a little surprised that Houston is the heaviest favorite to win a series in like nine years. That really... Because Washington's pitching... Of course, I, I think they're looking at how Washington took care of St. Louis and said, geesh, anybody could have beat the Cardinals in that series. All right, here's my prediction. Give me the Astros, but in seven. Really? We're going to get a seven-game series. And that would be Grinky and Corbin. Are you sure? More than likely. Well, because they, they're pitching game three, so they would schedule it to go in the seventh? Yeah, because game four will probably be Anibal Sanchez. Ooh. And then, I don't know, Wade Miley maybe for Houston. I don't even know if he's on the World Series roster. He wasn't on the playoff roster, but maybe in the World Series they'll have him on there. But give me the Astros in seven. Okay, I think it's, it's going to go six. I just don't think, I like Astros in six, think, but I don't want to pick it. I don't think it. Washington can hit enough. We'll see if the Astros can win a second one in three years. All right, Steve, one more break. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, The Fieldhouse Grill and Taps, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Ramping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE, Steve. We have an interesting interview for the show tomorrow planned. That's right. Andrew Marinus, 
Did you know him going into the day? Never heard of him. <laughs> well, Andrew is the author of a book that is set to come out here in about two weeks, and it talks about the 1936 Olympic basketball gold medal team, and of course, that bringing to the McPherson Globe Refiners. They were mm-hmm. a part of that gold medal championship at the 1936 Olympics in Berlin. And so he wrote a book about that, and we're going to talk with him about that tomorrow. He will be coming into town here in a couple of weeks as well to talk about this, I think, with the McPherson Rotary Club, I think as well at the McPherson Museum. So we will play that tomorrow. And very interesting interview. A lot of cool stories. Yeah. And, you know, uh, in 1986, I attended the 50-year anniversary of the refiners. Oh, I thought you met 1936. I was saying, Steve, I can't believe you made it to Berlin. I, I remember Bill Wheatley, who was one of their best players. He was a guard. I was sitting with him at that and. God, what a character he was. But, uh, you know, they didn't have that many. He was probably a lot taller than you. He was like, yeah, he wasn't really that tall. He was like 6'1", maybe. All the Globe refiners, they were like 6'8". They called him the world's tallest team. Joe Fortenberry was 6'9". Willard Schmidt was 6'8". And, you know, they just dominated. That's back in the days when 6'3 was considered pretty big, and those guys were 6'9 and 6'8". So a lot of interesting things that he talks about. Uh, on the show for tomorrow. How old would those guys be if they were still alive? I don't know if any of them are, but how oh, old no, would they no, be if no. it, if they were probably what in their twenties or thirties in nineteen thirty six? They were probably middle, early to middle twenties. So seven, so they'd be a hundred and god eighty, eighty six is uh, thirty three years ago. So they'd yeah they'd be they'd be very old. They'd be about one hundred and ten. <laughs> yeah, but I I just wouldn't know. It does yeah. doesn't register with me. But they had a great turnout for that, and uh, uh, it it was you know that's there were guys that were still alive that could come back for that. Right. So that'll be an interesting conversation tomorrow, Steve. Since the NBA starts tonight, I need to get your prediction on the NBA, and I want to know without you really doing any research or anything. I want to know who you think is going to win the NBA Finals. Golden State. I know you're taking the Warriors. I know there's no Clay Thompson. I oh, know there's Steve. I know there's no Kevin Durant, but they've established a winning culture there. Name one other person besides Steph Curry. Draymond Green. Oh, well, Draymond can't carry him to a title. He just signed a big contract, so he, he can't carry him. I mean, there's nobody that. This is the first time I can ever is remember Swaggy P on that team the, in the never-ending basketball association that there's. Not a clear-cut favorite. I mean, the last four or five years, Golden State has been head and shoulders above, but Clay Thompson's out. They announced Clay Thompson is out for the year. Durant, of course, is out for the year, but he's not even with them anymore. He's at uh, Brooklyn. So I, I, I know a lot of people are saying the Lakers. I just don't see it. I just do not see it. The Clippers are actually the, 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 the big uh, popular belief it'll be Clippers, Bucks in okay. the finals. And I could see the Bucks coming out of the East. I really could. Steve, because you know I am an Oklahoma City Thunder fan, oh. and they have tanked. They're, they're They've picking, cut everybody. They're picking at their carcass is what they're doing. So I've decided to change things up a little bit this year. Of course, I am a Thunder fan, but I'm going to give them a couple years to get everything figured out. And by the time they trade Chris Paul, it'll just be all over. So I've decided this year I'm hopping on the bandwagon of the Clippers. The Portland Trailblazers. Really? I like those guys. I like Damian well, I like I like Denver better than Portland. No, I don't need to. Just the Joker. The, the Joker. I don't care yeah. about him. That's who the Blazers play tomorrow. Yeah. So, I am a Blazers fan this year. I'm all in. Well. Is that okay? The to, Warriors. Because the, the Thunder, they're, they're just a mess. The Warriors are still my team until somebody, you know, 
looks better than them to me. I'm on the Blazers bandwagon. Give me the Blazers. Well, check back with, you know, in, in the middle of June when I'm getting off the golf course. It's 110 <laughs> degrees outside. We'll see how it turned out. Wrapping up today's show for Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tomorrow. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, The Fieldhouse Grill and Taps, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Well, I guess it's-